talk a little bit about this before we go away, because it is important that uh, Jair Bolsonaro is no longer likely to be the president of Brazil, though he hasn't quite conceded yet. But quite dis distressing for me, in any event, is that Bibi Netanyahu may be soon yeah. returning to power in Israel after what, their fifth election in less than four years. It's a lot, guys. Get your stuff together, because... I'll tell you why I think this is really important, because I do think Bibi is in the Chinese camp. Israel, more than any other country, can change the balance of power in the world just by leaning itself into the United States or leaning itself into China. So the fact that he's back or might be back can really screw the balance of power that Biden has tried to position the world in since 2020, at least. Israel has a democracy. They get to choose whoever they want to choose. But this guy's a criminal. This guy's had enough time and power to realize what a terrible influence he is. He meddled in America's elections in 2016. You think it's a good idea to let the guy back in? No, it's not and a his, good idea. And his criminal trials are not complete yet. Yeah. yeah. And he's got a few of them. He's basically Donald Trump. Donald Trump, who's actually been charged with crimes. We're still waiting. Yeah, but, it's true. But, but it's, um, how long do your trials take? These are bribery trials. Those are, you know, take the money. Okay. Did you say you do something for it? Well, that's bribery. It's pretty easy. I'm um, sure they've delayed this for political reasons all along. I've heard rumors that the Ghislaine Maxwell file <laughs> was also delayed in a negotiation attempt around this. So there's all sorts of things that are happening behind the scenes, I'm sure, which might delay things. And who knows, maybe he's negotiated a way back into power, but still not be as pro-Chinese as he's been. But I don't trust the guy after what he did by participating in that 2016 uh, invasion of America. It's not okay. It's 7.43. I was going to do a whole big thing, but I'm not going to do a whole big dragon, dragon's tail because we just don't have enough runway here to do the whole thing. But there is some really incredibly interesting stuff that came out of the new Trump tapes that were released mm -hmm. by Bob Woodward in, a, in an audiobook form. It's really fascinating to listen to Donald Trump as he tells the story. I don't know who's coaching whom. I don't, is Woodward telling him how to run the government because he has no idea? And then this really confessional style of interview that Trump does with Bob Woodward over many, many tapes is really fascinating. I highly recommend it. But it also was brought up to me today that it brings together this notion around COVID, because this is when a lot of these interviews were being taken during the coronavirus years, that Trump really did do something that I first reported way back in March 2020. Released in September, October from Wuhan and then spread from there. Right. So I reported really early on in that whole period that it looked to me like Trump had deliberately allowed the virus to take hold in the United States, that he had had these 19 days where he chose to do nothing. And just to remind everyone of where that landed, here is a short excerpt, which gives you the timeline from that original show that I did. Donald Trump was all about China. He praised President Xi's transparency and assured everyone it will work out well. For a minute, his administration even looked presidential. He declared a federal health emergency, launched a task force, and banned travel from China. Developed tests was only available in public health laboratories in the CDC. Then in February, the CDC stumbled badly after their coronavirus test turned out to be flawed. Health officials had a backup plan. An approved test from the World Health Organization was just a flight away. But the Trump administration rejected that. Instead of accepting the WHO tests, Trump did something truly bizarre. He went on a 25-day campaign, a media blitz of sorts, downplaying the severity of the coronavirus. The virus was not a threat, he said. 
it was just another Democratic Party hoax. Let me say to Americans who are concerned that you're not taking this seriously enough. That's CNN, fake news. The president say, for example, he's going to continue with, with political rallies. Is this sending the right message? Going to a rally? There's no reason that you shouldn't go. It's really working out. The president stop shaking hands. Uh, in our line of work, uh, you shake hands. No, I don't take responsibility at all, but it's something that we have tremendous control of. I How would you rate your response to this crisis? I'd read it at 10. This is a pandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. The media blitz was designed to contain any stock market crash, his advisors would later argue. It also coincided with a big deal. Thermo Fisher's $10 billion purchase of a German company. We'll leave it there because that, that Thermo Fisher deal actually landed up never happening because of some of this reporting. But it's clear to me that the 25-day tour is when coronavirus took hold in America. It was 25 days of non-action of allowing the virus to spread. So then comes the interview with Woodward and Trump, and these are tapes taken from the time. And it just reinforces this fact that Donald Trump willfully allowed coronavirus to spread into America. There's one date something. on that timeline you yeah. missed. I just want to throw yeah. in. Yeah, There was the impeachment, right? So yeah. the vote was on the 4th or 5th of February. And the next day, Mike Pompeo wrapped up a bunch of our ventilators yes. from our strategic national stockpile and personal protective equipment and shipped it to China. To China, so we wouldn't have it. And so here's a couple of tapes, clips. This is about the conversation that Trump had with Xi, uh, Xi Jinping, as soon as he found out that the coronavirus was as spread into Wuhan as it had been. This is the conversation as he described it to Woodward. It's incredible stuff. Listen to this. And so what was uh, President Xi saying yesterday? Well, we were talking mostly about the, uh, the virus. And I think he's going to have it in good shape. But, you know, it's a very tricky situation. Indeed it goes it, it goes through air, Bob. That's always tougher than the touch. You know, the touch, you don't have to touch things, right? But the air, you just breathe the air, and that's how it's uh, passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. Uh, it's also more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus. People don't realize we lose 25,000, 30,000 people a year here. Who, who would ever think that, right? I know. It's, I mean, much it's pretty forgotten. amazing. And um, then I say, well, is that the same thing? For, this is uh, more for deadly. This is five per, you know, this is 5% versus 1% and less than 1%. You know, so this is deadly stuff. And, but he's got it. I think he's going to do a good job. He built, you know, a number of hospitals in record-setting time. They know what they're doing. They're very, uh, they're very organized. And we'll see. We're working with them. We're sending them things, you know, in terms of equipment and lots of other things. And the relationship is very good, much better than before. You know, before it was strained because of the deal. But before that, they were just taking advantage of, you know, like if you go back to Obama, Bush and every and other, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So this is weeks after Xi had been hiding what was going on in Wuhan. There was already a massive outbreak and he'd been hiding it. He'd been hiding what was happening at the Wuhan Virology Lab where we all now believe, at least I believe, that the virus first came from. And so on top of that, there's Donald Trump who should be demanding some answers. Like, hey, tell us, why, why, why wouldn't you tell us what happened? We really want to know. Instead of doing that, he needs to 
praise Xi. This is what he lands up doing. He's praising Xi for his work, saying he's doing a good job and we'll just see how it happens. And then sending him all this PPE that you were talking about and then going on a 25 day tour where he's basically saying, don't worry, this isn't going to be an issue. When he told Bob Woodward, it was going to be an issue. It was really deadly. 5% versus 1%. There's complicitness there that I've not seen addressed by any committee or courts or anything. And millions of people died. Yeah. Also, remember some of the people had for getting him declared mentally incompetent, 25th mm -hmm. Amendment, yep. all that. He's crazy. You listen to those tapes, he's very lucid. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. People almost forget he's a member of SAG-AFTRA, an actor's union. <laughs> you know, and yeah. he appears on TV all the time. He's not dumb. He says outrageous things, but that's the name of the game in some corners. He's very clear-headed about what's going on here. And yeah, he said one thing behind closed doors and completely the other to the American people to their detriment. And another thing completely to his son. This is what he told Bob Woodward was the conversation he'd had with Baron Trump, his son, when his son asked him what was going on about coronavirus. And listen to what he says, because this is the actual truth. I wanted to capture the moment when your son Baron asked you about this. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that, because that's very human. And what caused him to ask you? Well, he's just turning 14, so he was 13 when he did, and he wanted to know... Dad, Where were you, in the White on. House? or? Yeah, in the White House, upstairs, in his bedroom. He said, Dad, what's going on? What's going on? You know, sort of yeah. cute from a young kid, smart kid, good kid. But he goes, what's going on? You know, because it's so abnormal when you look at all of this stuff, and, you know, you turn on the news and they show... Uh, a lot of places that got hit. Tell you, a very big moment was when so I So just finish I with mean, Barron, if you yeah. would, sir. So he asked you, what's going on? What's Did he cite anything there? that he had heard? or? No, but he sees it. He sees it on television. You know, he watches little television and he sees it. And uh, I mean, honestly, Bob, and you've seen a lot of things and you've covered a lot of the biggest things ever. But have you ever seen anything that has gotten, I mean, it's it's... There's nothing else even that they talk about. They don't no, talk no. about anything I, else. And they did on NBC tonight a six-minute segment about how to wash your hands perfectly. Yeah, so no, imagine never, that. Nobody's ever seen anything That's like a, this. So you told Barron, you said, it's bad, it's bad. And then... I said, no, I said, it's a very bad thing, but we're going to straighten it out. Did he have any other questions about, like, said, how are you... Happen? I said, it came out of China, Barron, pure and simple. It came out of China, and it should have been stopped. And to be honest with you, Barron, they should have let it be known it was a problem... Two months earlier, and we wouldn't, the world would not, we have 141 countries have it now. And I said, the world wouldn't have a problem. We could have stopped it easily. And uh, they didn't want to do that. They waited and waited, kept a secret, secret. Then we started hearing things coming out. I told him how it was working. And I said, and now the whole world is uh, infected and inflicted with this. And did he seem comforted by it or did he? So he did know everything about the Chinese delay and about the secrets they were keeping and all of that. Yet he still went out publicly and praised Xi. He still went out and supported him. And then he went on his own two-week, three-week delay of implementation of emergency rule in the United States while he was denying it happened. I mean, what is going on between these two leaders that... 
got them to each keep these events secrets. I mean, I don't know. This strikes me as one of the biggest stories ever and involved you know, millions of people dying and a massive attack of biological warfare on a country, possibly. And it's sort of one of these things, oh, well, just a million people died or whatever. But it's crazy that this happened in the way it did and that the, the president was allowed to neglect his duties, not look after the American people for that period of time, and even think about rerunning. There is a lot to this story. <laughs> We could do a lot just on the insider trading done by members of the government mm -hmm. who made very curiously timed trades. And we've had proposals to make that illegal. Some people have um, been opposed to that for some reason. A lot of this that is going to be probably hard to deal with in public if for no other reason that you're talking about military intelligence level mm. information yeah. here. The Pentagon has its own medical intelligence division. We also have the CIA. We have a number of manners of measuring what's going on. A lot of that's going to be top secret and classified. But almost so everyone agrees now. There's certainly a, a, all the latest reporting just out this week and all the latest analysis, again, is pointing to the lab as being the origin of this particular virus. Considering it's been this long and no other intermediary animal has been discovered, it just seems like it came from that lab. Maybe not deliberate. Maybe it was just an accident but it certainly looks like that's where the outbreak began. And there were weeks of the Chinese Communist Party keeping it secrets, and then there were weeks where Donald Trump did downplay it, even though he was taking it quite seriously at the beginning. I would like to know, just as a citizen of the world, what happened in those weeks to cause that to happen? And it can't just be accidental that we sent off our PPE to them. Of course not. I mean, and how many of the tests did we get back that were inaccurate? Or how much DNA genetic information about American citizens was mm -hmm. generated? And where'd that data go? Mm -hmm. And how much did these pharmaceutical companies that are really problematic, some of them, how much did they know about this in advance? There's some questions there. Those big are questions. all big all, questions. Big old questions. questions. We do need to get the answers to them. I do think they'll have a coronavirus committee set up by the next house. And I do hope the DOJ starts investigating Trump for some of this stuff too, because millions of people died because of this pandemic and it caused enormous hardship for many, many others. But back to the elections, you have seven days now to save democracy and save us from the likes of Donald Trump and Jair Bolsonaro and you, whatever. It's America's chance now to express itself, to show the world who they are. Take it seriously because democracy is so precious. And I know, going back to the top of the show, what it was like growing up in South Africa where you lived in an autocratic state and living in fear and not really trusting anybody and living behind walls and hearing things that were going on but never really being sure that they were going on because the reporting was so scant, knowing that there's violence and people dying nearby but you're not really sure why. The censorship that existed on almost every level, the surveillance of people, the control over where people could move, could live, could talk, could do, you know, you couldn't sit next to a black person on the park bench if you were white. That's how ridiculous the control of life in South Africa got. And it wasn't because white people hated black people, black people hated white people. It's because they lost the ideals of a democracy and they landed up becoming the worst kind of autocracy that you can have. And Democracy is really precious. America is the only country in the world that really, really, really has it. And for that reason alone, you should be fighting for it and, uh, and protect your rights because they are going to come after your rights after this. You know they are. If they win, they'll be after oh. everything.
I mean, all you have to do is move to Missouri. There is virulent political strain here where you know, it's just very autocratic, where your body isn't yours. Uh, scientists don't get to make scientific decisions. Maybe your children really belong to the state and a few people can decide the fate of all that. It's almost like there's a concentrated effort to reduce a citizen's agency mm -hmm. in what they have a right over. There's a proposal out from a woman named Mary Elizabeth Coleman that would impose Missouri's laws on abortion across the state lines. So if you live in Missouri and you go to another state, that you would be legally liable back in Missouri if you had any medical procedure done that they had decided in Missouri wasn't legal in Missouri, that you're basically Missouri owns you. So when you, if you, if you go up to Vermont and something else is going on there and uh, it's going to be different than Missouri. And when you get back that you're liable for that, that's pretty insane. Then there's an amendment in seven days here, an amendment to the Missouri constitution that would change the national guard here. And it's under the department of public safety. It's technically under the control of the governor, but it is for national emergencies. The list you kept by every state. This, they're going to create a department of the National Guard in the state that answers directly to the governor. And mm. its mission is changing from saving life, limb, and property in the, in the event of an emergency, either military or disaster Actually, in nature. Disaster, yeah. Now it's going to have for its goal, according to this new amendment, the protection of constitutional rights under the U.S. Constitution and the Missouri Constitution. Oh, interesting. Where they're trying to give fetuses constitutional rights. While taking so, away the rights of, of their mothers. I mean. But wow. we're talking about having a military force. Mm. Yeah, that unbelievable. the Constitution enforces it and protects the constitutional rights. So does that mean, and remember, we've got a law in the books here saying that the local police cannot talk to the ATF. The ATF wants to investigate terrorists here. So are we gonna have the ATF facing off against Bradley fighting vehicles, mine resistant armored personnel carriers, helicopters? What do what you know? What, and this is all what, at uh, Generalissimo Mike Parsons control? Now, when you look, past this and go, wait a minute, who buys all that stuff? Well, it's the Pentagon. Mm. The Pentagon pays for all of this. Yeah. So I wonder how Secretary Austin feels about Mike Parson putting himself up on his level in terms of command and control. A hundred percent, but it's exactly what they're doing. What they want is sovereign control over their states. They want their national guards to act as armies. They want a divided America. They want different states answering to different presidents, and they want a different constitution. It's in Saying it is un-American, and who, who wants are that? They? I mean, that's a great deal for China. Yeah. It's yeah. a great oh, yeah. deal for any other country that you know can't actually fight us using weaponry, conventional nature. Having us destroy ourselves from within a million dumb ways yeah. works really great for them. But what is the purpose of setting up a military for? We already have a national guard in case something goes wrong. Well, this is what we need one that protects the constitution. There's Breakaway no state that has its own military. Breakaway you know, states is what they want. Court. 
Remember what Putin yeah, said I mean, about the Soviet Union being the worst disaster ever or whatever it was that he said? And they, we, they, we made them breakaway states. They want the same breakaway states for America. That's just their plan. They're not going to get it because everyone's going to vote for the Democrats next week, hopefully, in a well, landslide victory. We're we'll see Missouri, what Tajikistan. If that yes, happens, exactly. then you get the General Issamo has his own military force. I'm calling this Tajikistan, home of Provel, toasted raviolis, and baseball. Exactly. And no free speech. On that note, where we still have a little bit of free speech left, have a good night, everybody. Don't forget you can support Narrative at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Vote, 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 wherever you are. And have a good night, everybody. Every minute of Narrative's reporting, every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. One day, you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues. Narrative. Where truth lives.